Greetings, minions. Welcome back to the Sean Boycast. I know it's been a while. I apologize, but I really couldn't help it. I had to really get in there and do my research on this episode. But today on my personal take, I'm going to be talking about the seven hermetic principles derived from the Kabbalion, written by the three initiates. Get into that more in a little bit. But uh, real quick here, hailing from Kentucky again. Great Explorer, Daniel Boone, uh, Kentucky received statehood in 1792, first state west of the Appalachian Mountains, by a guy named Daniel Boone. Now, Daniel Boone came from a family of Quakers uh, from Pennsylvania. Parents escaped England due to the religious beliefs they had. Daniel Boone got his first rifle at age 12. And then he learned, uh, Daniel Boone had learned from the Lenape Indians how to hunt. 1750, Squire moved, Squire moved the family to what is Davie County in North Carolina. And there's a lot of history between North Carolina, Virginia. Daniel Boone moved around a lot. And he's had many run-ins with the Shawnee Indians during that time period. He lost a son and his brother Ned, which the Shawnee Indians cut his head off thinking it was Daniel. There's one thing. Uh, There he met a John Finley that told him about what is to become Kentucky. And they talked it over and they went on a big hunting expedition, took four other people with them guy by the name of John Stewart no not the not the news show John Stewart but a different John Stewart eventually he ended up he ended up settling Boonesboro Kentucky and uh, also another famous fact about Daniel Boone is one of his great 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 grandchildren is the famous singer songwriter Pat Boone so a little Kentucky history for you there. Uh, also on the current events that I got coming up, I'm going to go kind of over one of my favorite actors. and uh, He was also a hypnotherapist, <laughs> master handwriter, and that is Sid Hagee from The Devil's Rejects, the, the older feller captured Spalding there. And my favorite part in that movie... <laughs> is whenever he looked over at the child and the little station wagon that he was about to commandeer from the little child's mother. He slapped the mother and then he sat down and the child's still in the car. He said, What's the matter? Don't you like clowns? Aren't we fucking funny? (laughs) Oh, man. Such a memorable... When I watched that movie... I mean, when I saw his work as Captain Spaulding, that's what intrigued me to look farther into what he was. And I'll get into that in a minute. But, so, seven hermetic principles. I'm going to go over my personal take. And I'm going to go over Sig Hagee a little bit. And, uh, 
on the music part of this, uh, I kind of do a one-man band show with me, a keyboard, and a looper, and my electric guitar singing. And I wanted to see how far I could stretch the one-man band thing, so that's kind of what's going on there. And uh, real quick, before we get started here, of course, I'm going to have a joke for everybody to listen to. Here recently, uh, my sister had a birthday. I got her some earrings. She seemed to like them. Glad about that. Uh, anyway, my little nephew, Austin, I figured, why not for the Sean Boy cast, outsource some of my jokes to some of my family. Just to let you in a little bit on uh, where I come from. But without further ado, here's the joke of the episode. All right. Okay, my nephew's about to tell a joke for the Sean Boy cast here. Uh, listen up, it's gonna be great. This, this comes from some of my family. As you can tell, we're a bunch of rednecks. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so there's this, uh, there's this nun in, in teaching this Christian class or whatever. And she asked the class, she's like, so uh, which part of the human body you think will go into heaven first when you go on? And one of the little girls raised her hand and said, well, I think it's the, the hand, you know, because you put your hands together when you pray, so Jesus will just take you by the hands. And uh, she just laughed. Another boy raised his hand, and he said, well, uh, teacher, I think it's your legs. And the nun just kind of smirked and looked like with an odd look and said, well, why do you think it's the legs, son? He said, well, the other night I went to Mom and Dad's bedroom. My mom had her legs pointing to the sky, and she was saying, oh, God, I'm coming. And, uh... <laughs> And if it wasn't for my dad holding her down, we'd we'd lost her. <laughs> you heard it first, right here on the Shop Boy Cast. Today on current events, I'm uh, bringing up the actor Sid Hagee. He was also a hypnotherapist, master handwriter. This man was 80 years old. And recently died here looked like he had a good long life and left a lot of movies uh, he was in movies uh, one movie that I'm going to go into in detail here a little bit is a movie called Spider Baby written by Jack Hill in 1968 he played uh, kind of like a mute character and the reason they got him is because he had He's an excellent mime actor <laughs> at that time. He got into the whole action of mime, whatever. <laughs> I don't know really what goes into being a mime, but when you see him in this black and white film called Spider Baby, he uh, excels at it quite well. He's also in other movies that people are not really probably well known of. And uh, he was actually in the Dukes of Hazard from 1979 to 1985. He was in Jackie Brown in 1997. And then, uh, yeah. And then, of course, his uh, famous roles that came up here recently is Captain Spaulding in The Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses, and the recently new movie released, Three from Hell. Shortly after that, 
I'm glad he got to make that final movie. I've always, and he was also in a movie called Fax 1138, which is an old sci-fi movie that I really enjoy. And, uh, but also he's in a movie called Beyond Atlantis in 1973. And uh, one thing I like about his acting is he always comes off as a, like, a believable bad guy. Like, you root for the bad guy whenever you see him in a film. And sometimes that I think that's probably pretty hard to do. But in Spider-Baby in particular, it's a black and white film. And it's about this family that has this... Uh, they call it Marion Syndrome or something like that. Marion Syndrome. And what it is, is that's where you become crazy and you crave meat and you want to be a cannibal and eat people. <laughs> and in Spider-Baby, uh, Sid played a mime-mute kind of character named Ralph. And when you look at his performance in it, even in black and white, his movements, all the movements that he did in that movie were taken from the mime acting classes that he took, I guess. And all the movements he makes in that, even the little small sounds that he makes, are just, you can tell that that has helped him through his career of acting and actually talking and later films that he came in. So, in that respect, my hat's off to him because when I watched the movie from 1968, it's black and white. I don't watch many black and white movies, but that one I had no trouble watching. And I really enjoyed it, and it's sad that he's gone. And, you know, my famous, or not my famous, but his famous line in The Devil's Rejects, one that just... In 2005, that movie came out. What really drawn me to him is, <laughs> is the scene in which he comes up to a car. He's trying to get away. He just found out that the other guys in the movie, uh, the killers or whatever, and you root for the killers in this movie, uh, he just found out that the police are coming to get him, and he has to get in his truck and, it's about out of gas, so he just pulls over nonchalantly somewhere, and he goes, ma'am, he walks up to this lady in a station wagon with her little kid that's probably about six years old. <laughs> he just walks up, ma'am, I'm going to have to commandeer this here vehicle for official clown business. <laughs> and she started laughing, and she goes, she said, oh, I don't believe in clowns. And this expression on his face turns to just total, I'm disgusted with you and I'm going to beat the shit out of you, bitch. And he smacks the shit out of her, jumps in the station wagon and looks over at the kid with his clown makeup on and all and goes, what's the matter? Aren't us clowns fucking funny? Don't we make you laugh? He goes, if you don't have a good reason to why you like clowns, 
I'm going to come back and kill you and your mommy and your whole fucking family. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And like, that that's kind of like Captain Spaulding was that kind of character where, where he played, he, he liked to play games. That character loved to play games. And you see that all through the film of like, especially whenever, uh, I think it's House of a Thousand Corpses. I may be wrong. But, like, where these kids come up and they're, like, wanting to try try out the haunted house that's, you know, he makes money off of and he takes them through there. <laughs> but, man, it's such a, he's such a good actor and uh, many other things, too, uh, that I looked into there. But that's just a little bit on Sig Hagee. And uh, he did films with Rob Zombie, Quentin Tarantino. And I think a few others that I can't remember right now. But, uh, yeah, I'm sad to see him go. He's definitely left a mark on the film industry of horror. And I look forward to watching many more of his movies in the future. But, well, we're going to get on to the main event here, my personal take on the seven hermetic principles out of the Kabbalion. Okay, on today's My Personal Take, I'm going to be going over the Kabbalion by the Three Initiates. And from that, I'm going to derive the seven Hermetic Principles that they teach. And they're pretty interesting. And it's To me, this is kind of like for some history notes here on what I'm talking about. Uh, from, the Egypt, from Egypt came the fundamental esoteric and occult philosophies. Uh, in the previous podcast I had called Pre-Flood Civilizations, we're talking about that time period. Like The ideal, th this knowledge comes from a book that was written uh, probably back in Egyptian times. And uh, the, the guy it's centered around is a guy named Hermes Trismegistus. And Hermes Trismegistus is said to be the father of astrology and alchemy, which brought us modern day science. Um, you know, people back in that time, they entered in the Egyptian lodges of the mystics as neophytes and the left as herophytes, adepts, masters. Hermes has been so far back, he predates Moses, probably a contemporary of Abraham. His teachings go back to the early days of the oldest dynasties in Egypt, the Old Kingdom, they call it. And also in pre-flood civilizations, that episode, I kind of go into that a little. Uh, yeah, if you've not heard that episode yet, you should check it out. It's really got four guys on there that I kind of go into that really is uh, spearheading that. But Egyptians called him Thoth, Hermes. Greeks called him the god of wisdom. Trismegistus means the twice great, the great great, the greatest great. Also in the book it goes on to kind of say the principles of truth are seven. He who knows these understands possesses the magic key before whose touch all the doors of the temple fly open. I like that. Uh, with the and also by the word principle means first first principles of natural law. Um, 
And those seven principles apply to certain planes of existence, you know, like the mental plane, your thoughts and all that, psychology, the physical plane, material in all forms, and then there's the spiritual plane, your so-called soul that most people don't know how to talk to. Um, now, the, the seven principles are as follows. First one is the principle of mentalism. Then comes the principle of correspondence. The third one is the principle of vibration. Fourth one is the principle of polarity. Fifth one is the principle of rhythm. Sixth one is cause and effect. And then the last principle is the principle of gender. Goes on to explain there in the book. The lips of wisdom are closed except to the ears of understanding. If you are a true student, you will be able to work out these and apply these principles. If not, then you must develop yourself into one. Otherwise, the hermetic teachings are just but words and words and words. The word hermetic is often in a sense of secret. Over time, the teachings become uh, polluted and associated with supernatural cults, creeds, and gods. You know, but I've read the Kabbalion maybe a time and a half <laughs> so I don't understand it fully because there's just some things that are not in my experience yet but I'm sure they're there just a brief overview of all those principles I'm going to go into each one the principle of mentalism the all is mine the universe is mental. The all, you could say spirit, that which is underlying all outward manifestations. The term material or universe, so-called real world, matter, energy, that is not the all. The all is what gave birth to the whole universe and has its control. Now, just to go over some terminology. Spirit is unknowable and undefinable. The all is unknowable and undefinable. You can't add or subtract to the all. It's universal, it's infinite, a living mind. Energy, power, and matter are subordinate to the mastery of mind. That's the principle of mentalism. The second one, my favorite, is the principle of correspondence and I must be this must be one of my stronger principles because I see this everywhere it goes on to say as above so below as below so above there's always a correspondence between the laws of phenomenon of various planes and being of life the unknowable planes of existence can be understood by applying the principles of correspondence this gives us ability to pry aside the obstacle which may hide from view. By study of the nomad, the simplest life form, he, will, he understands the archangel. That is the principle of correspondence. The principle of vibration. In this principle, nothing rests 
Everything moves, everything vibrates. Modern science, modern science knows this as well. The higher the vibration, the higher position in the scale from base matter to spirit. Spirit vibrates on such a high uh, frequency, it appears to be motionless. Gross forms of matter vibrate so low to seem at rest. Between the poles, there are millions upon millions of degrees. He underst whoever understands this principle grasps the scepter of power. The principle of polarity. Everything is dual. Everything has its poles. Everything has its opposites. Like and unlike are the same. Opposites are identical in nature, but differ in degree. It's where extremes meet. All truths are but half-truths. All, all paradoxes may be reconciled. Like heat, hot, and cold are the same thing just different degrees. There is no one point where one begins and one ends. Light, dark, black, white, hard, soft, high and low. The principle of polarity. The next principle is the principle of rhythm. The one that I should have read about when I was younger. <laughs> Everything flows out and in. Everything has its tides. All things rise and fall. The pendulum swing manifests. A measure to the right is the measure to the right, or a measure to the right is a measure to the left, and rhythm compensates. The law manifests most in mental states of man and life of all things. Rise and fall of nations, creation and destruction of worlds. Use this principle or it uses you. That's the principle of rhythm. Now in the second to last principle here is the principle of cause and effect, causation. And I like to think of it as the famous dominoes falling. The finger that pushed the first domino is the cause. And then the rest are all effects except for whenever another domino hits the domino in front of it, then it's the cause. So one human cause on the first domino, and then all the dominoes were the cause of the forthcoming effect. So there's the principle of cause and effect. You might find yourself in a situation where you go, I did not cause this. And then you're stuck in somebody's effect. So there's the principle of cause and effect. And now the principle of gender, which is the final principle. It's male and female principles are in everything. There's a feministic and there's a masculinic thing going on in every facet of life and mind. So there's, you know, yin and yang or yin yang. You have that kind of thing there. <laughs> you have one side on one and one side on the other. 
and that's the principle of gender. So gender on the physical plane means sex, and on the mental plane it's something else. And that is not yet in my experience, but I'm trying to get there. <laughs> but uh, now we're going to move on to how to kind of look at these principles and some of the terms that I brought up. Okay, now I'm going to go a little bit deeper into each one of those principles and talk about it freely in my own head. Um, <clears throat> first one is mentalism. And uh, what they mean by that is mental transmutation. Changing mental states, forms, conditions, all into others. And what I kind of take away from that is the act of meditation. Um, you know, there, we live in the outside world a pretty good amount of the day. And never do we turn inner to examine all that. So, and back in the old kingdom of Egypt, uh, they had a understanding of inner and outer knowledge. The inner being transcendental psychology, astrology, alchemy, and the outer psychology, astronomy, and chemistry. Precursors to what we call modern day science. In recent years here largely focused on the outer knowledge. Uh, so the universe is mental and always changing. Um, then uh, you have something called the all. And in the Kabbalion the all is this life and mind under and back of the universe of time space and change is ever to be found the substantial reality the fundamental truth a little bit of vocabulary words here substantial the essential reality the thing itself substantial act actually existing being real reality the state of being real under and behind all outward manifestations and appearances there must be a substantial reality this is law nothing is but everything is becoming or changing the law of rhythm is in constant operation there is no reality enduring quality the inner nature of the all is unknowable and believe it must be unknowable Human personality traits, emotions, feelings are not applicable to the all. The all must be all there really is. The all is infinite internal, much like modern day science says on the word entropy. You cannot add or subtract to the all. The all is life and mind. If I say the all is life and mind, there's a no to that and a yes. No, no not in the life and mind we know it to be. And yes, infinite living mind as opposed to our finite mind. And uh, illumined people or awoke, woking people, <laughs> they, call them, they call this spirit. 
Now the next thing we need to get into deeply here is uh, the second principle of correspondence. With the principle of correspondence, they use what they call the great physical, mental, and spiritual planes of existence. But real quick before we get into that, what is a plane? Does it have a dimension, condition, or state? No, not a place, nor ordinary dimension of space, but yet more than a state or condition always in the scale or degree subject to measurement. The Hermetic philosophy considers the universe is divided into three main classes of phenomenon. The great physical plane, the great mental plane, and the great spiritual plane. So, the great physical plane, the plane of matter A, they call it, would be solids, gases, anything that's of tangible matter. Then they have a plane of matter B. This would be radiation, stuff like that. Then there's the matter, the plane of matter C. This is not suspected by ordinary science. Very subtle thing. So, you go on down here and it's got the plane of energy A. Heat, light, electricity, gravity. And then you got the plane of energy B. Not recognized by science, nature's finer forces, they call it. Then you have the plane of energy C. They call this divine nature of the spiritual plane. I, you know, not known to ordinary men. I don't know. So, that's the great physical plane. The next one is the great mental plane. First one they got listed is the plane of mineral mind. Can be called souls in one sense, living beings on a low level of development, having their own thing in their own way. As we have a mind, they have a less complicated one, and they still have it, but in their own way. Then you got the plane of elemental mind A. Invisible to our senses, but do not exist, but do exist, sorry. Between mineral and chemical mind. And plant mind is this plane. So, elemental mind A, there. Then you got the plane of elemental mind B, between plant and animal mind. Again, invisible to our senses. Then you have the plane of animal mind. Now, the plane of animal mind, good, just as good as guessing the mineral mind one. Uh, then we go on to the plane of elemental mind C, and this is between animal and human life mind the highest form of semi-human intelligence. Yeah, the plane of element mind C reminds me of somebody that's like a horse whisperer or something. And then uh, of course you got the plane of human mind. The average man of today occupies the fourth subdivision plane 
of the human mind. Only the most intelligent among us have reached subdivision five. The sixth is said to be the superman. The seventh will be an overman. On elemental planes A, B, and C, they're like the black keys on a piano. They fill in the gaps they are that are connecting links of the soul's condition. You can think of the elemental planes A, B, and C like that, like the black keys of a piano. Now, and then we get to the great spiritual plane. And one thing uh, that it says here cannot be explained as we will not understand. The life of these beings so far transcend our own that we cannot even think of the details of the same. On this plane, we look like almost like a material process to higher forms. Their occasional interaction and assistance in human affairs have led to many legends, beliefs, religions, traditions, past and present. They have superimposed their knowledge and power upon the world again and again all under the law of the all their hermetic principles are in full operation on all of the many planes physical mental and spiritual okay on to the principle of vibration motion manifests in everything the difference between various manifestations of the universal power are due entirely to the varying rate of mode of vibration. The ancient teachers taught that the vibration and sense of the mind has always explained using the principle of vibration. Mind vibrates on its own matter and energy. Rate and modes are all its own. Once an object reaches such high vibrations, it will finally re-enter the all, which is absolute spirit. These forms of energy are imprisoned and confined in the material combinations and become entangled and confined in their own creations of material forms. Every thought, emotion, or mental state has its corresponding rate and mode of vibration. So the principle of vibration, I like to think of the microcosm, the very smallest thing like atoms, inside of those i mean it's true nothing ever rests nothing ever is is totally still there's always a movement even science has something like this it's called entropy and everything's going it's not going to change course there's always a movement of some sort the next principle that we go into is the principle of polarity and I kind of like to think of the next three principles, they kind of work in tandem with each other, and that is uh, vibration, polarity, and rhythm. So in polarity, everything is dual. Everything has poles. Everything has its poles of opposites. Like and unlike are the same. Opposites are identical in nature, but differ in degree. Extremes meet. All the truths are but half-truths. All paradoxes may be reconciled. Spirit and matter are the same, but varying in degree, vibration. The all and many 
are the same thing. The difference being a matter of degree of the mental manifestation. There's no such thing as love versus hate. More hate or more love. They are the same and can be changed. There's no absolute love and there's no absolute hate. There's a degree of those things and they're the same in nature. The tendency of nature is in the direction of the dominant activity of the positive pole. I like to think of a battery in this sense. Like you have a battery, the positive, uh, which is, you know, the positive pole, and then you have the negative pole. And these two polarities keep the battery going, keep the electrons flowing, the principle of polarity. Then you have the principle of rhythm. And it says, man, rhythm manifests between the two poles of polarity. You can find rhythm in modes, or moods, feelings, and other annoying and perplexing changes over time. They like to think of, uh, in terms of a lower plane and higher plane, the lower plane would be unconscious and the higher plane would be conscious. Hermetists do not let the lower plane, or students do not let the lower plane of the unconscious swing into the consciousness of the higher plane. The will is superior to the consciousness of this principle. The true master takes it even further, attains a degree of poise and mental firmness, always almost impossible of belief on the part of those who allow themselves to be swung backward and forward. Physical plane of existence. You see it as seasons balancing each other out, the four seasons, a clock on the material world, and oceanic tides in the material world. So that's the principle of rhythm. So polarity rhythm and vibration they kind of go together and work in tandem moving on here finishing up we're going to go over causation and of course gender so causation would be cause and effect nothing happens by chance chance is a term indicating a cause of which we are not aware of Cause and effects deals merely with events. The creative energy of the all creates events. Everything we think and thought itself has directed and indirect results which fit into great chains of cause and effect. I certainly am free to do as act as I want to, I please. I do just what I want to do. I hear people say stuff like this all the time. I certainly am free to act and do as I please. I do just what I want to do. The problem is you fail to explain want to and as I please. You fail to explain, examine that which makes them want to and makes them please to do one thing and not the other. They don't examine 
the because in their pleasing and wanting. A master can change pleases and wants into others. He's able to will to will. They don't let desire and tendencies get in their way is the thing of cause and effect, you know, the domino effect. It's like maybe walking into something that's not really your cause and then you exit real quick because you use the principle of cause and effect and you're like, I did not cause this. I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> and that's all that principles really saying is there is a cause and there is an effect and these are events that are unavoidable sometimes but if you give it a little bit of thought you can probably get yourself out of somebody else's effect if you're in it and then you have the principle of gender I like to think of the principle of gender as in the battery again. I'll use the battery analogy. The positive would be the masculine principle. The negative would be the feminine principle. Not in a negative, like, condescending way as negative. That word is so bad, <laughs> but so necessary in explaining this. And I'm sorry to any ladies out there. The negative pole is really the pole in and by which the generation of production of new forms of energy is manifested. From the negative pole, you have the creating force. Then you have the positive pole that carries it out. You can think of it in that way of a battery. The feminine principle is the one that's always doing the active creative work on all planes. You can find this in uh, also the terms of I and me. I would be a being. I, the being, the masculine principle. Me is the becoming, the feminine principle. I like to think of yin-yang. You know, the yin-yang sign has a big circle, two blobs of black and white following each other with one white and the black dot and one white dot and the black or vice versa yin yang and this again there's polarity in it there's all of that there's a principle of gender all things have everything in the world has the principle of masculine and feminine uh, aspects to it. You know. But, just to finish up here, these are the seven hermetic principles. And there's nothing you can encounter in the world that you can't work out applying these principles to your everyday life. Even on inner work that you do on yourself. So I'm glad I brought it up and talked about it. I hope it's been informative and I hope it wasn't too long, but it takes a while to explain seven principles in detail there. So 
hope you enjoyed it and hope it was informative at some point, somehow. <laughs> but anyway, we're on to some music now where I have decided to do a one-man band show. And I tried to take that as far as I can. So, enjoy. Welcome to Sean's Live and Local Sessions, where on this session, I do a one-man band button show, I guess you could call it. So I'm pressing buttons on electronic stuff, playing with it with electric guitar. But i uh, got eight songs, about 35 minutes, uh, all originals. Uh, these, hand, these songs were hand-picked uh, to, to play to this kind of setup, I guess. What I thought would go good. Uh, I chose these songs because they were more better suited to this type of approach. You'll hear blues, hard rock, progressive, all kinds of other sounds. All done, one guitar, electric, keyboard and vocal mic, with drum machine, with a looper on various things. So, I wish the vocals came out a little bit louder, but kind of misjudged that and there wasn't no changes. But anyhow, my one man band of button love show starts Thank you. 
in conclusion here, I'd like to think that my musical influences came out and all that. Here are some of the things I like to do. Figured it'd be interesting to do a one-man band show trying to push as many buttons as I could. <laughs> but for all that, we had the current events on poor Sid Hagee, survived by his wife, and a great horror actor. Then we went on to my personal take about the seven hermetic principles from the Kabbalion. <laughs> hope that was informative to some people maybe not everybody but I just think it's interesting that so long ago a book was written very very long ago and they understood all these things and I don't believe that the ancients were dumber than we were I believe actually that the ancients probably knew more stuff than we know the advent of TV and our modern technology and everything and I'm not against any of that I'm just saying there's another way to think about things that maybe our ancient ancestors knew about that we don't and that maybe should be shining the light up on from time to time so every now and then in my podcast I'm going to bring up things like that and maybe that'll help some people work out problems they have and they don't understand why this is happening or that's happening you look at those seven hermetic principles and uh, it'll tell you exactly what's going on you might not like the answer or whatever but you know use the principles or just blindly go through life with no clear way which is sometimes even better than having a way but that's my podcast for this episode join me next time and uh, got a couple of things I'm beating around with I ain't decided on which one I'm going to come out with yet so join me next time for another exciting episode of Sean Boycast thank you for your ever present and lovely ear